It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, you know, Rich, the weeks come and the weeks go, and that's the way life is. That's kind of been on my mind <laughs> recently because one thing for sure, when the sun comes up in the morning, you're a day older, but it is wonderful to have that day to do something good for other people and serve the Lord in that way. I mean, I'm just kind of rambling here, but that's kind of the way I feel. What do you think? That's right. Each day is a blessing from the Lord, including this one. You know, Grandma used to always say, what was her verse that she would say? <laughs> this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and, and be, be glad, glad in, in it. it. That's exactly right. Now listen, Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard recorded a song that really identifies with me right now for sure at this age. I know also we have radio listeners. Uh, and you know what, folks? This is not an easy time right now in America or in the world or in a person's life, maybe. So what you do, one day, just one day at a time, listen to this. I'm only human. I'm just a man. Help me to believe in what I can be. And all that I am And show me the stairway That I have to climb And Lord, for my sake Teach me to take One day at a time One day at a time Sweet Jesus that's all I'm asking of you Give me the strength To do every day What I have to do Yesterday's gone Sweet Jesus And tomorrow May never be mine so for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. You know, Rich, uh, somebody very young can sing that same song and feel that way too, and they should. One day at a time. You know what? Yesterday was history. Tomorrow's a mystery. And today is the day God gave us. And that's why we call it the present. And you live it for him. What say you? That's right. Uh, today is a gift from yeah. God. All right. Redeem the time. Before we really get deep into this program here, I want to share one other song with our listeners. Uh, Johnny Cash, does that go back a long ways? When he, he recorded a song uh, that also kind of fits in the way I feel <laughs> this week. Uh, but it really is. Life is a journey from birth until death. And uh, what he said in his song is like a mountain railroad. Because within the course of a person's lifetime, there are valleys. And then there are some mountaintops. 
some wonderful times, and then there's a few sorrows, and it, it's kind of like a railroad. And uh, this is what he recorded about it. Listen to this, folks. Life is like a mountain railway With an engineer that's free We must make the run successful From the cradle to the grave Heed the curves, the hills, the tunnel Never fall to never fade Keep your hand upon the throttle And your eye upon the rail Blessed Savior, thou will guide us Till we reach that blissful shore Where the angels wait to join us in God's praise forevermore. Now, that's a song you don't hear every day. <laughs> Did, you? <laughs> Did you enjoy that? That goes way back. Uh, you know, when I was driving to the studio uh, to record the program today, I was listening to Dr. Erwin Luther, and I was so thankful to God that he allowed us to have Bot Radio Network and carry that broadcast in every every day. Um, and David Jeremiah and the other Bible teachers um, that we have on that network. That's what it's all about, folks, to serve you and thereby serve the Lord with what he has allowed us to do. That's right, Dad, because the Bible is the solid rock upon which we can build our life. Everything else is shifting sand, and a lot of sand is shifting these days. Exactly right, for sure. Now, Tony Perkins, my word, look at how long he's been with Family Research Council as its director. And I remember, I remember when I first met Tony many years ago, and Family Research Council had been started, but... Uh, they had kind of stubbed their toe a little bit, getting the right man in the right place to really make it go and serve. Uh, you've got to have a person who can be a leader, who has the strength in his character and his commitment, and also really, really dedicated to the cause of Christ and what they do. So the Family Research Council has had this leader for so many years. Now, Tony Perkins has a conference called Pray and Vote and Stand. Isn't that great? Just think about that, Rich. Pray, that comes first. And then vote. For goodness sake, when you get off your knees, go do something about it. Vote. And then stand. Tell me about Gary Hamrick now, that he was... And Tony had as one of the speakers. Yes, uh, and this was in Washington, D.C., Pastor Gary Hamrick. He's the senior pastor at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, which is just outside of Washington, D.C. Yeah. Well, folks, I want you to enjoy listening to this now. Now, just turn your radio up and stay with it. This man, I am really, really, um, well, I'm a fan. Let me just put it that way. Uh he really 
makes sense and what he's saying at this conference for the Family Research Council. Here it is. Well, I heard the story about a family that moved across the country and bought a home in Palm Desert, California. And um, friends of theirs wanted to send a, just kind of a homewarming gift, a bouquet of flowers. So the owners of the home received this bouquet of flowers, but the florist had accidentally written on the card with the bouquet of flowers, rest in peace. <laughs> and so the homeowner called the florist and said, hey, friends of mine sent bouquets of flowers and you all put the note card say, saying rest in peace. The florist apologized profusely are bad, so sorry, but please have a little compassion. And the owner said, why should I have compassion? The florist said, because somewhere right now, there's a funeral with a bouquet of flowers and a note that says, welcome to your new location. We hope it's not very hot there. That's what you call sending mixed messages. Has anybody noticed that of late in our culture, there are a lot of mixed messages? We believe in science. Follow the science, they say. And they do, then they don't even acknowledge basic biology of two sexes. Then they'll say things like, my body, my rights. And then they'll force you to take a vaccine or lose your job. They'll say things like, children should be able to transition without parental permission. And then they enforce parental permission when those children need a Tylenol. We are living in a time when the world has lost their ever-loving mind. And here's the thing, they want to try to convince us that we're the crazy ones. C.S. Lewis once said, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. Well, we're running in the opposite direction because the world is promoting things that are on the precipice of a cliff. And unfortunately, there are many pastors who are sitting back and not addressing any of these issues from the pulpit, saying, well, we just don't wanna to get too political. Have you heard that? We just don't wanna to get too political as if it's too political for the church to address the social evils of the day. Was it too political when some Christians, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, stood up against Nazi Germany? Bonhoeffer said the church is the conscience of the state. The Nazis executed Bonhoeffer in 1945 at the age of 39. Was it too political for Christians like Wilberforce William Wilberforce, who stood up against slavery, Wilberforce said, quote, let it not be said that I was silent when they needed me. He said, if it be feelingly alive to the sufferings of my fellow creatures as to be a fanatic, then I am one of the most incurable fanatics ever permitted to be at large. It's not political to oppose Nazi Germany, it's biblical. It's not political to oppose slavery, it's biblical. Was it political when Christians like Pastor John Peter Mullenberg of Woodstock, Virginia, stood up to the tyranny of Great Britain as it had to do with oppressive taxation and the denial of religious freedom? 
No, it was biblical. John Peter Mullenberg, on January the 21st, 1776, stood up in his pulpit, preaching from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, where it talks about there's a time for this and a time for that. He got to verse 8, where it says, there is a time for peace and there is a time for war. And Pastor Mullenberg looked at his congregation and he said, surely this is not a time for peace. This is a time for war. And he unzipped his black clerical robe to reveal an officer's uniform in the Continental Army. And he marched to the back of his church and he called his men to fight with him. And 300 men left to fight with him and formed the 8th Virginia Brigade that is still active today. These are people who understood that it is not political, it is biblical. True Christians have never been afraid to address the social evil of their day. The church must be, and still must be, the restraining force against evil in our day. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So why all the fuss of late about how we shouldn't be all that political in our churches? Friends, listen. I haven't gotten political. Those with opposing views and values have gotten evil, and they have snubbed their nose at God and God's word. That's what is happening in our culture today. I haven't left my lane. I've been preaching from the same Bible for the last 30 plus years. I've stood in the same place, preached from the same book, and addressed the same issues for the last 30 plus years. The sanctity of life, from the womb to the tomb, it's in the Bible. The design of marriage between one man and one woman, it's in the Bible. God's design of two biological sexes, it's in the Bible. God's design of multiple races and how all lives matter and all lives are equal before God. It's in the Bible. God's desire for the borders of a nation to be defined and defended. It's in the Bible. God's desire for parents to be the responsible caretakers of their children and not the government. It's in the Bible, friends. These are all biblical issues. I haven't left my lane. Those with opposing views and values have jumped the grassy median strip. They've come into our lane and tried to hijack the narrative on social and moral issues. As if a godless generation can tell us what is right and what is wrong. The more, the more progressive, the more progressive and the more godless our culture becomes, and the more that godless agenda infiltrates culture and the church to drive things further and further left, the more people like you and I will look extreme right when the reality is we've just been standing still. We've just been standing still in the same place the whole time. And then they want to label us as political uh, Nash, Christian nationalists. You guys are political Christian nationalists. Um, you know, that's what they're going to say when they've gone godless. They're going to look at us and say stuff like that. Listen, I am not a political Christian nationalist. I am a practical Christian biblicist who believes that Jesus is the only hope for America. Jesus is the only hope for America. But that hope will not be realized unless pastors are teaching the truth, 
Christians are living the truth and the world is hearing the truth through our lives. That's the only way this is gonna happen, friends. So we have to get on board with all of this. Martin Luther once said, quote, if you preach the gospel in all aspects, with the exception of the issues which deal specifically with your time, you are not preaching the gospel at all, end quote. From the 14th to the 7th century BC, the dominant empire in the world was the Assyrian Empire. They were a ruthless people. Whenever they would take captive a city, they would rape the women, enslave the children, and fillet the men. History teaches us that the Assyrians would often skin men alive and use their skin like wallpaper to adorn the walls of the Assyrian kingdom. They were ruthless. Their, their modus operandi was domination by intimidation. We will use fear tactics, we will use terror, we will use everything we can to dominate you through fear. That was their motive. The Assyrian Empire, they dominated by intimidation. Around the seventh century BC, the Assyrian Empire started to wane. And then the dominant empire that grew up to overtake the Assyrians were the Babylonians. The Babylonians had a very different way to subjugate people. Example, in 586 BC, when the Babylonians finally overtook and besieged Jerusalem, they used a tactic that was not domination by intimidation. It was domination by assimilation. And they would take you captive, as they did thousands of Jews in 586 BC. They would deport you to Babylon where they would introduce you to a very beautiful, opulent, elegant city. Herodotus writes about how Babylon was just a beautiful city. The Euphrates River glistened in the sunlight and split through the ancient city of Babylon. One of the wonders, seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, it was beautiful. By the way, somebody please tell President Biden, there aren't nine wonders of the world, and sorry, Grand Canyon didn't make the list. Anyway. Seven wonders of the ancient world. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon was one of them. And here come these prisoners of war into this beautiful, beautiful city of its day. It was like stepping into Disney World uh, pre-rainbow flags and men in dresses welcoming you to the Enchanted Chambers. Anyway, as they get in there to Babylon, they are, they're overwhelmed by the beauty. They're overwhelmed by how spectacular it is. And then the Babylonians would systematically indoctrinate you. They would introduce you to a new language, new religion, new culture, new food. They would even change your name. They would say, you are no longer who you thought you were. You now belong to us. You're like us. And people would be seduced by all that Babylon had to offer. That's the reason why many Jews, when they had the opportunity, never decided to return to Jerusalem. They loved it and were too comfortable. They had become part of the Babylonian culture. But there were a few exceptions. And one of those was a 15-year-old Jewish boy by the name of Daniel, whom they had taken captive to Babylon. And Daniel was not impressed by Babylon. He was distressed by Babylon. And he never forsook the Lord his God. 
He would never bow down to the culture, never bow down to the king, never bow down to anything that was influenced or indoctrinated upon him. He knew who he was, he understood who God was, and he was forever faithful even into his latter years. And God would use Daniel to speak truth to power. Daniel would influence three different kings over the course of his life. And he never wavered in his devotion to the Lord God Almighty. Friends, listen to me on this. Babylon has come to us. We are now in Babylon. There's a new speech. There's a new culture. There's new everything. There's new philosophies. There's even a new name for you if you don't like your own pronouns and your own names. Babylon is here. And the question becomes, will we be conformed to Babylon or will we transform Babylon? because it's only one or the other. You will either be squeezed into the mold of our culture, you will either conform and become like Babylon, or you will do your part to transform Babylon as long as God has given us breath to be his influence in a fallen world. And that's what God calls us to be. I, for one, wanna make a difference. I love our country. I love Jesus supremely, and I know that he's our only hope for our nation. And to hear pastors and Christians talk about, we just don't want to touch those hot topics, we don't want to get political. Well, you're not living up to your calling then. Listen, this is the time for Daniels. This is the time for Esthers. This is the time for every Christ follower to engage the culture and be an instrument of change through the person and power of Jesus Christ. Jesus said to us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And no one lights a lamp and hides it under a bowl, a bowl but puts it on a stand so that it might give light, light to everyone in the household. In the same way, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is our mandate. This is our calling. We must not check out. We must not resign and say, well, Jesus is coming again. Let's just go to Chick-fil-A. Listen, Jesus is coming again. But until he comes, he says, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. This is not cry, mope, and sit. This is pray, vote, and stand. Who's gonna stand with me? Amen and amen. God bless you all. May God be exalted. May his enemies be defeated. God bless you. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Dad, these are the times we need to dare to be a Daniel and to be like Esther. Yeah, that was Pastor Gary Hemrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. And Tony Perkins has had several Family Research Council uh, meetings there, but this was a big convention in Washington, D.C. recently. Right, called uh, Pray, Vote, Stand. And, and he was one of the speakers. Um, well, God bless him and all other pastors who uh, do with the theme of that conference that Family Research Council had is pray, and then vote. 
and then stand. And um, that was good, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Well, listen, we got some time for some listener comments. Oh, good. Let me give that listener comment line number, 1-800-345-2621. Be sure to call in and uh, uh, say hi and uh, share with us what you enjoy. Maybe the Lord has used Bot Radio Network in your life. We always love to hear stories like that about how the Word of God presented through Bot Radio Network is making a difference in the lives of real people. All right, here's a lady. Hello, this is Patricia from Holders, Nebraska. And I'm just calling to say I spend a lot of time driving back and forth to work, so I enjoy listening to Bot Radio during that time. There are so many of the different pastors in that that I enjoy. Chuck Swindoll, Urban Luther, Greg Laurie. And also, I'm so glad that you guys air the Unshackled broadcast. Just glad to have your program, and I've learned so much from it. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Patricia, from Holdridge, Nebraska. Here's a gentleman. Hello. Found your station in 1993 on a short trip we made to Kansas City, and then back in Oklahoma, found 800 AM KQCV out of Oklahoma City. Been listening for 30 years. Been amazingly blessed by the programs, the teaching, and uh, too many good pastors to name just one, but really fond right now of Alistair Begg in the morning. Thank you for your ministry. That brings, oh, back, thank that you. brings back years in my life, Rich. L- listening Oklahoma for 30 City. years, 30 years. Out of 60, what is it, 60? How many stations do we have? Mm, 120. 120. <laughs> All right, that was, the, that was the second one in the whole, whole network. Here's a lady. Hi, this is Marie from Kansas. And Bot Radio Network, the pastors and the teachings that are on there just strengthen me and build me up. I look forward to being in my car so that I can be alone with God while I'm learning more. And also very informative about what's happening in the world, the truth, and not a censored truth. Uh, so thank you so much, well, and dear, God bless you. Dear lady, thank you so much. I think we have time for one more. Hi, my name is Sean from Tulsa, Oklahoma. By divine appointment, I stumbled upon your radio station. I have been listening to it now for two and a half years. I don't change my station. I listen to it every day. My favorite broadcasts are everyone. You guys are wonderful, wonderful. And my walk with the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has been tremendously strengthened by listening to your radio station. I love you. Bye, radio. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Oh, thank you, Sean, and thank you for calling in. 1-800-345-2621. All right, this is Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich, and we'll see you later. 